You're listening to an L.A. Kings podcast. For more episodes of this and every other Kings program, visit lakings.com slash podcast. You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the L.A. Kings. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. When it comes to a starting lineup, everybody loves the starter from Jack Black. Loaded with a superior skincare that the pros love, LA Kings fans can get the starter for just $10, shipping included. Available exclusively at getjackblack.com with the code TEAMJB, the starter has four of Jack Black's best-selling skincare and shave products, plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm SPF 25 in natural mint. Here's to the winning combination of the LA Kings and the starter from Jack Black. $10 plus free shipping available at getjackblack.com with the code TEAMJB, while supplies last. The NHL recently signed a seven-year deal with ESPN, and when you think hockey on ESPN, you think John Butchergrass. He sat down and spoke to Jack Jablonski recently about the deal. What's up, Kings fans? Jack Jablonski here, talking about the future of hockey and broadcasting in particular. Joining me is John Butchergrass. Sports Center host, college broadcaster, and the heart of hockey and ESPN. Bucci Main, how are you, man? Great to see you, my man Jack. Hair looks phenomenal. I could put a Titleist on top of that thing and hit a wedge about <laughs> 135. Stiff. Perfect. You're down in Florida. How's the golf game? It's not bad. Last two times, I got some hope. Last two times would be good. Maybe it's all the NHL mojo, but uh, I'm hoping for a good 2021. Well, I can hear the excitement in your voice, and there's obviously a lot of excitement around ESPN and the NHL. You know, it was just announced a few, uh, just about a month or so ago, that ESPN has got hockey for the next seven years. Uh, You, someone who's kept hockey alive since it last left in 2004 from ESPN, uh, what were your initial thoughts, and what's the excitement level around the company? Yeah, we kind of knew it was coming. Even a year out, a year or two out, we thought, it sounds like it's sounding pretty good. And um, the NHL wants multiple platforms and multiple partners and uh, to get the message out for the great game that we love. And then, of course, about a month before, I heard it was definitely done. Then you're just waiting to hear for that report to come down and hoping that it's true. It's kind of like a, the birth of a child. Like, you know, it's coming. You know, you know <laughs> yeah. when it's going to happen. But then when, uh, when the baby arrives, it's still uh, it's something you could never really imagine. So the excitement was real. I thought it would cause a nice jolt in the game amongst the players and the fans. And it really did the, the day that the it was officially announced. I think even our executives were probably surprised by the amount of pent up nostalgia that hockey fans, you know, 25, you got to be almost really at least, you know, 22 to 25 to remember when ESPN had hockey. You know, I mean, if you're, if you're 17 years old or younger, it's, it hasn't been on ESPN. You know, it was, it was 2004. So, and even when you're two or three, you really can't remember. So, let's give someone, you know, five years old, uh, you know, when you really start to maybe remember television or even seven. So, yeah. it's really, uh, it's a different crowd. Um, so, now we got to, you know, all these people, like I said, 25 and younger, um, pretty much, we got to say, hey, we did this before and here's how we're going to do it again. We have fun. We love it. And so, now it's a new generation. Well, you joined in 2000, uh, or not 1996 with ESPN, back when hockey was obviously still there. You had, uh, you're the primary host of NHL Tonight, which was obviously a hockey show dedicated to the highlights and the game itself from, I believe, 98 to 04. Uh, 
you know, you're someone that's kept this thing alive and, and mm-hmm. being able to keep hockey within ESPN, even though it wasn't uh, necessarily covered by you. You know, are we going to see a return to NHL tonight? What's in the works for you? I have no idea yet what my role is. Uh, I certainly hope it's a big one, but I don't know yet. Um, you know, they're, they're trying to build a whole foundation from scratch with obviously analysts and things like that. And, and so certainly, yeah, NHL tonight was great when I started hosting it. Internet video was still not very good. Ah, uh, yeah. Poor quality. So you needed a, t- a TV show was appointment viewing to see all the highlights of the games. Nowadays, it's different. You know, it's people see goals on phones and they can see uh, stuff a lot earlier. TV has kind of lost some of that immediacy. But if you have people who are fun, who talk about it and um, you know, I'm sure they'll have a wrap up show every night from all the games on ESPN Plus. I'm sure SportsCenter will still follow the games on ESPN. And of course, ABC has their own separate programming, local news and other TV shows. So but I think ESPN Plus is going to become a great home for hockey fans. All the NHL.TV stuff is coming there. So there'll be over a thousand games on there. Um, I believe it's baked in with the regular subscription, which especially if you get the bundle, Disney and Hulu and that, it's really a great deal. Uh, you know, I pay for it and I get it now. And uh, there, there's always a couple games on there. So then we'll have our exclusive ESPN Plus games. So I imagine there'll be a big post-game show. Event. I don't know if there'll be a nightly show like there is now in the crease. Every goal, of, uh, pretty, every game's highlights every night on in the crease. I imagine that show would continue. And then there would be this post-game, maybe even pre-game ESPN Plus element from all those games. So ESPN Plus is going to be, you know, I think a great home for hockey fans. They already show a lot of college games, which are awesome. A lot of student-produced uh, college games from the Ivy League schools and Quinnipiac. So it's a great way for young broadcasters in the school to get their stuff on ESPN Plus. I watch a lot of games on there. So um, it, it's going to be exciting. I hope I, I get to call some games. That's what I really want to do. I've done the last eight Frozen Fours. I love mm-hmm. doing that. I want to still do the college hockey. And it'll be great to add NHL as well. Well, I know you've obviously kept the game young. You know, you've been obviously very involved on social media with the Bucci Overtime Challenge, as we see on that shirt right there. Um, it's something that I think has obviously kept the the youth involved. But, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, the future, you talk about how there's over a thousand games that'll be on ESPN Plus. So, you know, with this package, uh, you know, 25 regular season games on ESPN or ABC. You're going to get the playoffs. You'll have the Stanley Cup Finals for the next seven years. Right. Um, I believe you guys have, you know, the All-Star Game, the Skills Challenge. What are you looking forward to most? Um, you know, really just I'm really I hope to just just to focus only on hockey, you know, to really be able to cover yeah. the sport during the hockey season. Just hockey. Uh, yeah, yeah. You mentioned hockey has been a big part of my life first as NHL Tonight host. And then we lost hockey, but, you know, both my boys played right through high school. Uh, you know, Jack was five, my youngest son, Jack. Um, great name. He was uh, five <laughs> years old. He was five years old when ESPN lost hockey. And that's when he started learning to skate. And then he started travel Mike the next year at age six in 2005. So my life with him, you know, hockey was still a big part of my life. Then I went to ESPN a couple of years after we lost hockey and asked him, hey, it's OK if I do some play by play for one of the regionals the NCAA uh, tournament regionals. They said, sure, did that for a few years and then had the guts to ask them, hey, I want to be the voice of the Frozen Four. Uh, and I came up during a negotiation. They said, sure. And I took and ran with that too. I tend to take, I take things and run with them. I tend to get uh, very much involved. I was the guy back in high school who made rankings for the uh, high school teams and the intramural teams in college. I did oh, all yeah. that stuff. I make little newspapers for little street hockey leagues that we had in Ohio. 
I have a thing called the Hockey News. I'd write articles and keep the stats and broadcast games on my tape recorder. So I was always that guy who really went and ran with things. And, and it just it's now just happening in my professional life with the college hockey rankings I do on Twitter, trying to give them some attention to, to get some notoriety for them, for the men and the women. And uh, so, yeah, hockey has been really the, the central piece of my whole career. And I would love now, as I'm on the back nine here, to finish up with all NHL stuff at ESPN. And like I said, and still do the college as well. So I'm hoping hockey is my best TV friend now the rest of the way. Well, I mean, I couldn't agree more. And it's clear that, you know, the future is bright with the NHL moving towards uh, towards ESPN next year. Uh, one of those teams that we hope to be seeing a lot on ESPN is obviously our very own Kings. Uh, the future seems to be bright. The, the prospect pool is loaded. Uh, one of those guys who obviously we're going to hear a lot from is Quentin Byfield, who recently made his NHL debut. I'm interested to get on your take, you know, being an East Coast guy, you know, East Coast bias. There's a lot of hockey East Coast, but, you know, being on that West Coast, what are your thoughts on Quentin Byfield so far? Yeah, I remember I saw him early for the first time at the World Juniors, and uh, you could really see the the potential he has as a really disruptive forechecking went, you know, forward. And I just, it kind of reminded me of Milan Lucic, you know, and if he had, you know, it's tough when you're that high of a draft pick and you're second overall, people expect, you know, Gretzky and Matthews and McDavid. Yeah. If he, if he has a career like Milan Lucic, that would be a great career. I mean, if you play a thousand games in the NHL, that's a great career, but to be a ferocious forecheck and be a real uh, big time game disruptor with his reach and his forecheck, um, that's really, you know, you, you are who you are and you want to play to your strengths. And I hope he has that tenacious, really uh, fiery type of forechecking game because that can cause turnovers and get to the net and get to the front of the net and use his size. So I'm really rooting for him hard. I, I hope he does well. You're right. The Kings are a great market and it would be great for them to come back um, to, to the forefront of, of the West. And of course, ESPN has a studio out there. and it, It's a great vibe. And, uh, and it's great to be, a, as you know, it's great to be a sports fan on the West Coast. Everything's on earlier. Everything's, you know, the big games are on earlier. And uh, so it, it's it's awesome. So I'm, I'm rooting for him. Like you said, it's a good pull. It's a good prospect pull. But now you got the decisions now become more difficult and more tenuous. You've got to make the right calls to kind of fill the rest of the gaps. But they're in a great position to come back. Well, I'll let you put your GM hat on. And that's interesting that you bring that up, because obviously we've got a lot of young kids that are you know, ready to make that next step or at least getting very close. You know, in your opinion, you know, given the Kings roster, you've got your Anze Kopitars, you've got your Dustin Browns and your and your Drew Doughty's who are still at the top of their games, or if not very close. You know, where do you see the Kings going in terms of needing additions or what you think that they need to bring up in terms of their lineup? Yeah, like I said, this is where it gets difficult. You're probably going to at some point identify a player that you want. You might have to package some of these young guys to get someone, you know, more in their prime ready to go. You don't have you don't have too many young and too many old guys. There's a balance there. I'm sure the one one situation is do we trade Drew Dowdy at some point? Like do we open up cap room? Do we get even more uh some more young players, maybe even some RFAs for him? It's like like you got to have, you know, Kopitar, I think the only guy he's going to be, he's going to retire King. He's, he's their Bergeron. He's their guy. You know, his name, his numbers going to Raptors, obviously he's going to the hall of fame. Um, so, you know, these decisions to sign veterans, how much you give them. And then what, how, what do we deal with some of these RFAs uh, who, how, who identifying a goalie is gigantic. As we know, some teams don't have one and that's just, 
you can't do anything without good goaltending. And of course, they've had that for so long. It's why they got the cups they do. Uh, so they know how important that is. So these are all the tough decisions. What veterans do we trade? What do we hang on to? How many of the young guys we hang on to? Who do we identify as the core? Can we maybe trade a couple of the others to, to get some guy who suddenly becomes available out of nowhere that you don't really even expect? So it's a, you know, do we align ourselves when David Pasternak becomes a free agent? Because he's woefully underpaid now. And do we keep a slot open, whatever that slot is, 9 million, 8 million, 9.2, and then we identify him. So, like, these are all things that GMs obviously talk and just have in the NFL draft. That's the fun part of the game yeah. for them. That's why fantasy sports is so much fun. People love building teams and making trades and, and trying to pretend they're smarter than everybody else. And what is the smart move? So, yeah, these are the big decisions now, the tough decisions going forward for LA to make that jump. Yeah, well, I mean, you brought him up earlier and, you know, you talk about Anze Kobitar. He's, you know, someone that seems to be untouchable. You know, where do you put him in terms of this generation's talent, you know, across the NHL? No, you're right. He's right there. Like you talk about, there, there, there isn't, you know, East Coast bias. It's just so many people are in bed when he plays. You know, that's just kind of like the media. You know, most of the people are still in that New York to Washington, D.C. corridor. That's where most of the people in the country live. That's where yeah. a lot of the wealth is, the money, and it drives ratings, you know, in Philadelphia and D.C. and Boston and New York. Um, and like I said, he's right there with Patrice Bergeron. You know, like people, because Bergeron gets a lot of attention. He's in Boston, got a cool name, got that cool French name, <laughs> a lot of swag. <laughs> like Kopitar, he's very quiet and classy in this look-at-me era of sports and media and stuff like that. These are two very quiet guys. I've always been a kind of attracted to those guys it goes back to you know larry bird and bobby orr for me a couple boyhood heroes i just liked how quiet they were and they let all the accolades just come to them it seems like more come to you when you uh when you don't kind of shine it on yourself but those are two examples of guys who've just done it the right way you know like i said he's obviously a first ballot hall of famer thousand game thousand point guy um that's the ultimate goal when you get in this league thousand points thousand games that's like man that is the one you would pencil in for sure and uh you know, like i said he's right there hockey hall of famer king's legend stanley cup champion nothing any better than that and he loves to golf too which i love there we go well hey Bucci, i appreciate the time you know best of luck when we uh get to find a little bit more about your involvement with espn and the nhl now coming together next year and uh for those of you who aren't necessarily familiar, where can we find you and what can we uh, watch you on? Well, we're right now I'm still doing the sports centers uh, on ESPN, a, a prime time out there in Los Angeles, usually around eight or nine o'clock where you guys are. Um, but yeah, we're on Twitter at Butcher Gross. Love talking about hockey and, and, and discussing hockey and same with Instagram. And of course, got the BucciOT.com. We sell some t-shirts and swag and just like the like to uh, just love, I just love the hockey community. As you know, Jack, you're in it. Yeah. They got, you got the biggest heart and they have the most fun. And yeah, I, you the know, nicest I've been, people. I've, I've been to your charity event and that was just that, that, that was about heart and it was about fun. And that's what, and you wanted to make sure people had fun while they displayed their big heart. And that's the best part about the sport. Well, I look forward to seeing you again and uh, definitely talking to you again as ESPN starts covering the game a little bit more. Thanks for coming on. You bet, brother. Anytime. Anything for you.